Good morning, Lloyd. Hello, Robert. I just dived right in there and we made it work. So actually the problem normally is you. Or you, because you're the, the <laughs> noisemaker. I think it's a joint effort. Uh, we do our best to mess everything up. Uh, how, how are you? What's going on? I'm excellent. It is Saturday. I'm happy. I have a Guinness. Uh, things, Whoa, things are, spoiler alert. I was going to say things are looking up, but that makes it sound like I've been having a real rough go with things lately. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, life is coming together. I found my purpose and my meaning, my truth. <laughs> my truth. <Lloyd. laughs> yeah, you have to speak your, you? your truth, Lloyd. Uh, I, I'm a little dusty. Why are you that, Rob? Well, well, b- well, because it's Sunday morning and had some drinks on Saturday night. Is that is that all right, Mom? You you partook of the naughty sauce. <laughs> uh, I did all different kinds of naughty sauce. Oh, that'll get you. Nah, I'm 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 fine. I'm I'm just fine. Thank you. But uh, I'm excited. Yeah, this is this is this is a good one. I'm excited too. Every episode of the Unintelligent Chat Show podcast is a good one, Lloyd. Remember, we have to own our brand. Yes, okay. Every episode is a good episode. Did I say that correctly? <laughs> you did. You nailed it. I think the people, the, the people, the masses will believe you. <laughs> masses. So where where in the world was your drinking extravaganza? Uh, I think we've actually moved. Uh, so oh. th- this segment has been a bit of a constant throughout the series, but I believe Perth is now much closer to the center of the sun than it used to be. Is this based on your empirical evidence of melting every day? Every single day. So basically, <laughs> since we recorded the season one unintelligent Christmas special, Perth has been one million degrees. And that can wow. be in Celsius or Fahrenheit. It still doesn't matter. It's both hot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's stinky hot. No, we're in we're in Perth. Uh, it's just been a record-breaking summer, which is always what you want. Climate change. Uh, yeah. Well, it's the opposite in Boston, which makes sense given that it's the opposite side of the world. Mm-hmm, Today was a bit warmer. It was only minus seven. So uh, it was, it was do you have snow on the ground? No, it snowed, but it didn't stick. So it's just uh, ice and cold and grey and sad. God, sounds amazing. Yeah. Ugh. No. What? No. <laughs> I why I said yeah to that. Well, compared to living in hell, Lloyd, uh, you already gave it away. You're drinking a Guinness. No fun jokes or ploys there. So I guess we'll just breeze right over that. <laughs> I was excited. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> yeah, quite exciting. You want me to ask you what you're drinking? I was waiting patiently, yeah. Okay. All right, just give me a second. Not, not that I've got yeah, like a fun joke or anything to say about it. It's just it's what we do, Lloyd. It's a it's a big build up now. <laughs> you really disappoint the masses, as you called them. The, can we call what? them the massive? Massive. <laughs> you know how, like nineties hardcore techno, they called the people like, oh, it's the it's the Perth town massive. <laughs> anyway, <That's, laughs> no, I. I <laughs> Believe it or not, Rob, I'm surprised because we're about the same age. But when I was a toddler, I wasn't big into the club disco scene. So I'm not familiar with the that slang. Is, that is strange. Well, anyway, the UCS massive. Oh, it's like a, it's an LEG thing in the house. Oh. <laughs> yeah, perfect. What? Uh, what are, sh- sh- shut up. What are you drinking? 
Uh, well, because I'm a little dusty. It's just coffee this morning. I, th- I got up. Well, not, not, that's not true. I went to bed and I was like, maybe I'll have a beer in the morning. Hair of the dog. UCSU. Uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, look, plans when drunk are almost never fold up. <laughs> almost never. Uh, so I'm just caffeinating myself. So I'm Perth, a.k.a. The Sun. You're Boston. <laughs> uh, what's what, how, how far is that, Lloyd? I forget every week. Well, in exciting news, Rob, I think this is the biggest number we've ever had. Uh, oh, mm, the biggest yeah. number we've ever had. Yeah, uh, I might, I might get it wrong, but I'm gonna try and read it. <laughs> as out. in, as in, you've never read out a number that large. <laughs> I've just never had it. I need to. <laughs> I can't even count that high. <laughs> <laughs> the distance between us, Robert, mm. is one point one three two three. <laughs> God, fucking damn it. <laughs> One point two three three two three through three. Why three. did I start with a point? You can't go to like anything other than listing numbers if you start with one point something. Correct. I want you to read okay. out the number in full. Yes, I'm going to in the the actual way of reading numbers out. Yep. It is one billion one hundred and thirty two million three hundred and forty four thousand thirty three point nine two musket balls from a model eighteen eighty two musket. If Damn. you line them up. That's a lot of musket balls. Is that the largest number? I've, uh, we've done. Yeah, I think it is. It's bigger than sushi. Sushi was 900,000, yeah. yeah. 900, 900 million. million. Yeah. It was the 900 million yeah. episode. Yeah, that's right. Maybe this will be the billion <laughs> episode. Who knows? <gasps> wow. Uh, that's a lot of musket balls, Lloyd, but it is not yeah. a very good segue into our first section. No, but that's because I didn't know who was going first. So it's a really good segue into our last section, but not this upcoming one. <laughs> well, everyone, hold that thought while we talk about something completely different for half an hour. Like so different. <laughs> uh, you did it, Lloyd. <laughs> so what are you? What are you learning us today? What have I learned you? What will I learn into you? Um, my wonderful wife put me onto this week's learning, um, and I thought it was excellent, so I ran with it. So all credit to M. Thank well, you, Emily. For the initial part, the rest of it was all me. <laughs> <laughs> when the all right, so this is what I learned: when the original Bob the Builder, everyone's favorite TV handyman stop motion hero, uh, was adapted yep. for Japanese audiences in Japan, oddly enough. Uh, he was accused of being in the Yakuza and edited to be given an extra finger. Makes what would Bob of... the Builder do? I guess he would build if he was in the Yakuza. That was a stupid question. Yeah. He build crime, say. Lloyd. Yeah. How <laughs> do you build crime? <laughs> Same as everything. You get the right tools, you start from the bottom, and you just build it. Maybe he was building a criminal empire. It mm. sounded okay. better. I'll allow it. <laughs> build crime. Uh, so, Bob. Uh, is a typical kiddies cartoon character, and a lot of them have just four fingers, uh, because uh, at least back then, this is kind of uh, early 2000s, it's easier to animate and to show them gripping things. It's cute and adorable, and also no one seems to give a shit. Uh, it doesn't matter how many fingers they have, because they're animated. Makes sense. Yeah. And also, Bob manages to build heaps of stuff with only four fingers, so it can't be too much of an issue, right? He's killing it. Yeah. So, like, he's one of the best in the game. 
building crime. <laughs> um, that's part A. Part B. There's a known tradition among Japan's feared yakuza, so like the Japanese mafia, um, and its tradition is called yubitsume. Yubitsume, probably. Uh, yeah, one of those. That yeah. works. And it is the ritualistic self-amputation of the end of one's pinky finger at the first joint. Yeah, it was the self-amputation when I read that. And I was like, yeah. oh, it's one thing to like close your eyes and let someone do it. but oof. You've got to do it yourself. And it's typically done to atone for a mistake or to demonstrate ongoing loyalty to, I suppose, your Yakuza boss. So because of this, it was widely reported at the time that Bob would be edited in Japan to have five fingies, like a weirdo, uh, to avoid scaring Japanese kids uh, into thinking he was, in fact, a member of the Yakuza building crime on their TV. <laughs> would, a, would a kid think that? <laughs> see, see, that's the whole thing. I said it was widely reported uh, because... It never actually happened. Um, there's a few articles on the BBC. It's, it's pretty much like early 2000s clickbait, I reckon. Yeah. Um, I thought it was Wait, great. so it never happened as in he has four fingers in Japan? Correct. Uh, um, it was also talked about for some animated classics like Postman Pat. He's also got four chubby chubs and The Simpsons. Uh, but it never happened for any of them. They just went ahead and aired as normal. So I actually didn't learn anything this week. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, anyway, moving on. Great. So I learned. <laughs> no, but it was pretty interesting. I'm sure it was talked about for sure, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. it's probably too much effort. Uh, and they decided that actually no one cares because they're children. <laughs> yeah. So after that, I was like, that's fine. Um, I'm going to learn some things about a Yubitsume. Um, yes. And I actually read a proper... <laughs> it's going to sound like... It shouldn't be a surprise, but I actually read a proper journal article on this phenomenon. It would be amazing if people were surprised that this is the first time either of us have read a journal article. (laughs) If they think that that's how we research. Oh, it's all legitimate sources? (laughs) (laughs) It is. Me frantically Googling journal articles. What does that mean? (laughs) What is journal? Is it like my dream journal? (laughs) Because we could research that. I'm sure that would make for an interesting episode. Lloyd's Uh, Dream Journal. There'll be a few therapists calling. Uh, So I read about Yubitsume in an excellent journal article. Um, And it was just really interesting. Uh, So it's not usually a punishment, but rather a voluntary thing done by members of the Yakuza uh, to demonstrate repentance in the hope to avoid further punishment. So if if you mess up, um, and you can tell, or you know, the boss knows, you go in there and you, like, do this to be like, I know I messed up. Sorry, please don't kill me. Pretty much. Interesting. If I mean, if, if you don't, then maybe you get sentenced to seppuku. Uh, yeah. Which is, rather than ritualistic amputation, ritualistic self-killing. <laughs> of with a placing sword. thy guts upon thy floor. Yeah. Falling on the sword. I always used to think that was called called Harry Kiri, but apparently they're the same thing. Oh, I always knew it as seppuku. Yeah, I googled it. They're the same. I read about cutting off their their pinky and stuff that 
obviously swordsmanship was really big in Japan for a very long time, and it was seen as a way of by weakening your grip, it makes you weaker individually, and therefore have to rely more on the clan. So yeah, it's a yeah. symbol of like teamsmanship. Um, so when they chop off their finger, apparently there are different names for different f- different cut off fingers. I don't know. Uh, so the severed part, which you cut off, is called shuniyubi or dead finger. That's a way too fun a name. It sounds like a disco song. <laughs> shuniyubi. <laughs> um, yeah. That's that's when you've done it to demonstrate repentance. So it's like dead finger. Uh, and when it's done to resolve conflict within the Yakuza, uh, the severed part is called <laughs> Icky Yubi. <laughs> Ew, Icky. <laughs> uh, which translates to living finger. So I'm glad they have oh. like different kinds of finger cutting off of. <laughs> I'm sure it feels the same. Yeah. And, and so I was wondering if there was any like ritual way to do it or you just like get out the old scissors and chubby chop. Here we go. Um, but apparently, yeah, there is a bit of a ritual. Um, typically, you, you place your hand on a piece of silk cloth, palm down, and then there's a sharp tanto, which I literally think is just a Japanese word for knife. Yeah. So it's a pretty one. It's not just your kitchen knife. And then, and then you chop off the finger. The finger is then wrapped in silk and sent to the relevant person that you are requesting forgiveness from. Very, like, very mafia, very cool. But apparently, there's also an alternative account that was way less cool uh, from an ex-Yakuza member testifying against them in some case. And I don't, I don't quite understand this, but this is how it was written in this proper real journal article. So he, this guy said, the actual procedure is to take what they in Japanese Yakuza call a little silver knife on a table and you pull it towards you and bend over and your body weight will snap your finger off. I don't, I don't understand. I know, but it doesn't matter. It sounds fucking painful. It sounds way worse than just chopping it chop. off. Yeah. And then this guy said, the finger that severed is put in a small bottle with alcohol. Your name is written on it. And then it's sent to whoever uh, needs to see it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Another one. Uh, yeah. And there's a bunch of photos of, uh, like, it's not just a legend. There's heaps of photos of Yakuza members' hands covered in tats yeah. with fingers missing. Well, it's always pinkies, have you, right? Have you heard of Shintaro Hayashi? The the person? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, he's a scientist or doctor or something. He makes prosthetic body parts. Oh. So, like, people have been in um, accidents or breast cancer survivors. Sure. But since now the Yakuza is in massive decline and they have a really aging population... A lot of Yakuza members are trying to reintegrate with society. Mm. But because of the stigma of missing a pinky, like you can cover tattoos and wear a shirt, but the mm. pinky's hard to hide. He's seen a drastic increase in people ordering custom prosthetic pinkies to wear. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, great job. But that, I mean, that just shows that, like, there are a lot of Yakuza out there that have had to do this. Yeah. That there's like a demand now. And, and on that topic, my next point. Uh, there was a 1990s, so like you say, Yakuza is not as prevalent and it's not as, uh, I guess it's not as, as cr- crimey or as typically crime. It's not like a street, as much of a street gang anymore. Um, mm-hmm. It's more of an organization. Uh, but in 1993, the government did a survey and found that 45% of modern Yakuza members had severed finger joints and Whoa. 15% had at least two. That's wild. 
Yeah. Which means they're all actually terrible at their jobs. <laughs> Keep cocking it up. <laughs> I got a lot to be forgiven. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I yeah, said, I think it, um, I don't think being in the Yakuza is even illegal in Japan. No, it's not. I've wrote that down somewhere. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, it's, so y- Yubitsume is rarely done now and sadly ever seen in the younger generation of the Yakuza. Also because like you say, they're in decline a little bit. Um, and they're also trying to be a little bit more conspicuous being like, hey, hey, we're not definitely criminals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so now that you mentioned it. <laughs> Ignore that guy over there building a crime empire. He's not with us. <laughs> yeah. He may only have four fingers. Nothing to do with us. <laughs> Look at his stupid yellow hat. Um, <laughs> but man, there is so much history in the Yakuza. I started, I was like, let me just have a quick read about the Yakuza in general. There is a lot there. It's so good. It's so interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I was like I can't can't talk about all of this, um, but uh, my funnest funnest little things that I did read is that one that you just said. It's not illegal to be part of the yakuza um, because Japan or the Japanese authorities believed if it was fully outlawed, um, then they would go totally underground and become you know even more dangerous. Mm, um, yeah, that makes sense. And, and terribly criminal gang. Yeah, you can easily identify yakuza headquarters and buildings. Uh, because they are just buildings with like cute little metal plaques outside that say, this is a Yakuza building. <laughs> God, that's so intense. But I think the idea is that that's where their legitimate business is so that yeah. there's less focus on the, cr- the crime building. Yeah. I, th- I thought it would be fun, Lloyd, if maybe we joined the Yakuza because it's not illegal. Oh. Yeah, cool. I'm in. So I did a little search <laughs> on behalf of the UCSU. <laughs> so I did what felt like a search that would get me pinged on some kind of police database. Yeah, you're on a list now for sure. Yeah, you know those ones that are like, oh, how do you make a bomb from fertilizer? Yeah. <laughs> now I'm on a list because we recorded. <laughs> how do I join the Yakuza Crime Syndicate? <laughs> and you know how Google comes up with a bunch of suggestions? It's like people yeah. have asked this question a lot. <laughs> Can I join the Yakuza as an American? Can foreigners work for the Yakuza? How do people become a member of the Yakuza? <laughs> I'm going to guess that it's pretty nationalistic. Agreed. Uh, there are people that work for the organization, you know, typically overseas, that are not Japanese, but majority are. <laughs> Sorry. I just read the first sentence on the Google search of one of the questions on Quora. Is that, a, is that like a Google alternative? I think it's like Yahoo Answers. Yeah. Lim. Uh, <laughs> and the first two lines of the response, which I'm pretty sure are a piss take. Make a reservation and have your hair permed. Get a coal. <laughs> Carp. A koi, sorry. A koi tattooed across your shoulder blades. Grow a pencil-thin moustache and buy a double-breasted suit. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, there's heaps of bullshit. Uh, around that but yeah you don't need to be japanese but you can only get in via referral so first lloyd we need to make friends with some yukiza and then get involved well it sounds like we have to go to japan but uh one branch of the yakuza yeah once that once all of that happens you also have to sit an exam to get it in to make sure that you yeah i read that it's like an actual pen and uh, pencil and paper test yeah and if you don't do it they cut off all your hands (laughs) (laughs) you'll never take another test again Uh, you know, to make sure you understand what the Yakuza is really all about. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. 
you seen uh, all the Yakuza tattoos, full body tattoos on, on, you know, on some of the older generation, I guess. Yeah, they're real intense. Yeah, some hectic tattooed people out there. Well, there's some um, Yakuza people who have solid ink on their arms and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. Not, not like a sleeve design, like solid ink. Yeah. And they have uh, massive health complications from it because it stops the body from sweating and regulating heat. Oh, really? Yeah, like blocks the um, pores if it's, if it's completely solid. Yeah, yeah. Damn. A few other Yakuza fun things. So there are three main syndicates uh, with over 100,000 members. <laughs> Oddly enough. <laughs> That's so many. Yeah. Oddly enough, most of them are men. <laughs> there are very Surprise. few and there are very few females and no pretty much no high level, high ranking female members. Um, except for those that are partners to high ranking male members, I read. So we're still in Luckload, we're still a chance because we're we're men, so we could probably still get in. Good. <laughs> They used to, I don't think they do it so much anymore, have a unique blackmail method called Sokaya. Sokaya? Just buy, if you've got a large criminal cash stack, <laughs> you buy sufficient shares in a legitimate company to get a spot at the director's table. Uh, <laughs> and then you find debt on the other people on at the table and just threaten them. And uh, yeah, threaten to reveal the debt on whoever you've got debt on. Um, because, uh, you know, obviously in Japan, honor is a big thing and losing face and all of that stuff. Uh, so just get paid off when these people don't want you to reveal their debt. <laughs> and also you get a large amount of shares in a large company. <laughs> yeah, you had some good investment anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's even more simple than that because in Japan, those board meetings, director meetings and shareholder decisions don't have to be made public. Like in the U.S., Oh, you can if you own one share of Apple, you can attend a their like um, monthly quarterly meetings and like listen in on it. But in Japan, you don't have to do that, so it's oh. not even necessarily getting dirt on people. It's just like any slightly them. sketchy business <laughs> yeah. um, ac- activities. They they counted it a little bit uh, in Japan by making sure that. But like all, all you know, probably whatever the Japanese stock exchange is called, all large companies, uh, they all scheduled all of their meetings all on the same day, so the Yakuza couldn't attend <laughs> every, all the board meetings because they didn't have enough resources. So it's Safety like, in numbers, yeah, pretty simple way of doing it, which is actually quite smart. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing that I read, I don't know how true it is, but it uh, it was a bit icky. So a lot of lot of sweet tattoos. Apparently, tattoos are still a bit taboo. In parts of Japan, or maybe they were, you know, a few years ago, um, and so can actually be quite expensive to get. Uh, so sometimes yakuza families or syndicates would pay for some members' tattoos because obviously the guys got a lot of tattoos, quite expensive. Um, mm-hmm. But they would pay for these members' tattoos on condition that they could have it back when that member dies. Ah, oh. <laughs> so if they die. Sometimes they would peel the skin off of the corpses to display or keep or even sell on the black market. Oh, God, that's a bit gross. Isn't that real gross? (laughs) Uh, That's what I learned about the Yakuza because there's just so much in there. Uh, What have you got for me, Lloyd? Uh, I have a couple of things on the Yakuza. Um, One on the tattoos, they traditionally... 
the Yakuza use like the old fashioned needlepoint method of getting tattoos. Ah, which prison is style. Really time consuming. Yeah. Much more painful. Um, so a lot of young Yakuza members don't have many tattoos because one, the business isn't as profitable anymore, so they're not as wealthy. Mm. But two, just because like us millennials suck, they don't want to like go through the pain and the time of getting it done. It's just not as important to them anymore. So yeah, right. So that a lot of the younger guys don't have as many tattoos. I also learnt what Yakuza means. Oh, I didn't even name. think that it might mean something. <laughs> Neither Carry. did I. This was purely chance I found this. Perfect. Um, so it means Yakuza is 893. Oh. And it is the worst possible combination in a Japanese card game called Oicho Kabu, um, mm. which suggests that they were formed by gamblers. And I think it's probably that same sort of rebellious... In the US, the motorcycle gangs call themselves the one percenters mm. because um, back in the day, a, a politician said that 99% of motorcycle riders are law-abiding citizens. Yeah, So sure. they called themselves. The, so I think it's that same like rebellious, yeah. anti- We're the worst. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah nice. um, but you covered all the other Yakuza stuff, but I do have a couple of funny Oak the Builder facts. Me too. I hope you have. All right. You, you go. You no, go with your you bumps. go. I talked for too long. All right. Well, I've, I've, you probably saw that they gave him a redesign in 2014. I think I saw it without knowing what it was. Like I saw Bob the Builder, something that was called Bob the Builder. And I was like, that's not Bob the Builder. But I did it's look so into gross. it. Yeah. It looks yeah, too so uh, real. <laughs> Ew. In 2014, Bob the Builder, like the rights to the Empire, was sold for $680 million to the toy company Mattel. Mattel? Mattel? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and they gave him like what they described as a Hollywood style makeover. So he's younger, slimmer, taller, and more realistically proportioned. And they said that everyone hated it and described <laughs> the new look as creepy and unconvincing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that, it's 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 terrible. We'll we'll you'll probably have already seen one on our socials by the time this happens. But oh, it's gross. Yeah, it's it's really gross. My last and favorite Bob the Builder fact is mm-hmm. that Bob the Builder has two number one hits. <laughs> Does he really? Surely it's yeah. a theme song, Bob the Builder. Can we fix it? Yes, we can. Yep, that's the first one. As that's expected. a banger. The second one is amazing. <laughs> I might also share this on socials. It is a Bob the Builder cover with slight lyric changes to uh, Mambo Number no. 5. <laughs> really? <laughs> and it's so bad. Is it? I have some fun Bob the Builder things for you. Yeah, lay it on me. I spent a good little while of my research time chasing down a rumor that I read at the beginning. That there's an episode of Bob the Builder in which he swears. (gasps) And I managed to find an old VHS rip of said episode on YouTube that captures the perfectly. And I would like to send it to you. So, actually, it got changed like one or two years after it was released on VHS because this is the 2000s. So I had to find the original version that someone had ripped on YouTube. And I did that, Lloyd, just for you. That's amazing. So I'm very impressed with the re- a journal article. Now you're tracking down rumors. <laughs> Isn't this unbelievable? I'm a changed man. Yeah. Open this clip. It's a, it's a whole, it's, like, it's basically a whole VHS rip. So there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. Uh, but okay. I want you to watch from uh, 32... For 32 minutes, 45 seconds. Let me know once you've started, and I want to see if you can pick up the uh, the swear. 32, 45. 32 minutes, 45 seconds. All right. 
I am starting now. Excellent. I haven't heard. I'm at 36 or one. I haven't heard. Oh, no, it's way too far. Damn it, Lloyd. Let me start again. Yeah, we'll start it's, again. it's Bob that says it? Yeah. It's so... Uh, all right. So, Lloyd's obviously done a terrible job of this. I'll explain I was it. genuinely just enjoying the show. <laughs> so, Bob uh, is going into a house. He's obviously doing a reno. He's got his mates. I can't remember what they're all called. Uh, the weird talking machines. And he's trying to glue some wallpaper to stick up. But the wallpaper keeps uh, wrapping up on itself and folding. And then it gets stuck on his face. And when it gets stuck on his face, it sounds very clearly like he's going, Oh, fucking hell. Okay, I'll try again. So, go 32.45. Oh, I was... Yeah, no, I I was at... um, I was at 34.45. Oh, <laughs> damn it, Lloyd. 32.45 yeah, and around 33.20, he... Okay, starting now. Yeah, isn't it quite good? It's yeah. not like a well, massively... I also, before that, I heard him say bugger off as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it's not a blatant like, fuck you. Uh, yeah. it's like it almost sounds exactly like what would happen if that happened to you in real life you got to be like oh yeah. fucking hell you're trying to get it off um so i i that amused me i enjoyed that um and then just to wrap up this first segment uh, unless you have anything in particular no nope. go for it while i was looking for that said dirt on our mate bob um i found the classic cartoon conspiracy theories page um, <laughs> so here's a few of my favorites Bob the Builder, just it's not my favorite, but because we're talking about Bob, uh, is either communist propaganda in that, yes, we can, let's all work together, get the job done for Mother Russia, or, or <laughs> oddly enough, could also be a plot by the capitalist government to get more kids into trades to build a stronger economy. Uh-huh. Your favorite show, SpongeBob SquarePants. I do love SpongeBob SquarePants. You may already know this, uh, and allegedly it's being confirmed by Nickelodeon. Uh, the setting of the show is in a place called Bikini Bottom. Mm-hmm. Is near the island Bikini Atoll, which is where the U.S. tested twenty-three nuclear weapons. Oh, I do remember that. Between... So they're all mu- mutated. Right? Yeah, yeah. So apparently, all the characters are nuclear humanoid sea mutants. Oh, I do like that. Which makes a lot of sense. Apparently, they're, the the creators are into it. So that's yeah. cool. The next one is quite dark. So. Be prepared. The Rugrats, that show. Okay. All of the Rugrat babies, except for Dill, which is the very baby one, are actually dead. Oh, God. So dark. Apparently, according to this theory, they're a figment of Angela, Angelica Pickles, who's the, I don't know, older person. I don't watch a lot of it. They're a figment of her imagination. And Chucky died in childbirth along with his mother. Tommy was a stillbirth. And Phil and Lil, the weird twins, are actually one child of unknown gender that was aborted by their parents. Jesus. Isn't it terrible? And apparently this presumably explains the character traits of the parents on the show. And also why none of them are ever watching their kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I read that and I was like, someone is reaching here. But oof, that was dark. Yeah, that's really dark. Uh, and then probably... Are you my- bring it back? <laughs> Uh, I'll try. Probably my favorite one is uh, Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Inc. gang, who uh, was one of the best cartoons ever. Yeah. Uh, they're actually ghosts. Oh. 
They appear throughout the decades of the show unaged because they are a group of wandering spirits traveling aimlessly from town to town, exposing fake ghosts and gals because they're the real thing. Wow. Like, why don't they ever have a real destination to go? Why don't they ever accept payment for their services? Also, when Shaggy and Scooby get scared and they run away together, uh, Scooby is a Great Dane and they can run at like 50k an hour and Shaggy can keep up with him. So, Mm. And the franchise... Shaggy's either superhuman or... A ghost. ghost. (laughs) It's the only options. (laughs) Uh, The franchise confirmed uh, that there are real ghosts existing in the Scooby-Doo universe. Because, so, you know, the episode's always, someone thinks there's a ghost, they expose it, it's like the ranch manager in a in a suit kind of thing. And I would have gotten away with it, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Meddling kids! Yeah. The franchise confirmed there's real ghosts, um, and the gang get scared when they encounter these real spirits in the show. Due to some existential crisis where they can't reconcile their own ghostly fates, <laughs> and so they're hell-bent on disproving the existence of the supernatural, because they're so, wow. like... Isn't that quite deep? Because they can't accept the fact that they've died. Yeah. I thought you were going to bring it back, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> there Did that is. do it for you? <laughs> yeah, there it is. I'm back. Uh, no, I brought it back because I just love Scooby-Doo. I don't know. Yeah, Scooby-Doo is really good. That's that's what I learned this week. So many interesting awesome. things. That was... God, the Yakuza is so interesting. Bob yeah. the Builder, nostalgia. So good. Now, Lloyd, I am thoroughly excited we are introducing a genuine brand new segment called ask shan where we ask lloyd's mum, shan edwards you know a deep meaningful interesting strange weird question and we will discuss her response and ideally in the not too distant future we will have shan on the show and she can discuss her response herself yeah it's gonna be amazing and if you think it's funny or if you know my mum, just submit a question Oh, yes. Send us everything you want to know. Treat yeah. Shan as the source of all knowledge. Yeah, honestly. Like, she she has that secret mum knowledge that mums have. And exactly. we're going to try and get at it. So, Lloyd, in this brand new segment called Ask Shan, what did we ask Shan? Well, I just said that we were going to ask about knowledge. And this first question is not really any knowledge. We asked my mother, <laughs> Shan, who her least favorite person in the world is. And I have the email from mum. And I haven't opened it yet, so we're going to be finding out live on the air who my mother's least favorite person in the world is. (laughs) Yeah. So, obviously, the questions don't have to be about knowledge. If you just want to know any of Shan's opinions, that's also on the table. (laughs) (laughs) Literally anything. (laughs) It's called Ask Shan, not Ask Shan a specific question. Okay. Oh, God, it's quite long. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Oh, okay. Here we go. (laughs) Good morning slash evening, boys. Good start. (laughs) So lovely to chat with you and give you the benefit of my motherly wisdom. You asked, who is my least favorite person in the world? We did. Well, at this point in time, I would definitely have to say that it is Novak Djokovic. Ah, Very relevant. Yeah, hugely relevant to Australia at the moment and the time this airs a few months ago. (laughs) And then she has like a full paragraph. Yeah, I want to hear all of it. Whilst he has never been a favorite of mine, he has now mm. sunk even further in my estimation after the debacle Ooh. of his fraudulent attempt to enter Australia Ooh. and play in the Aussie Open tennis tournament. In Nadal's opinion, too, no man <laughs> is bigger than the sport, although Novak Djokovic currently believes that he is. 
as as does like the rest of Serbia, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And his parents. Yeah, in, in brackets, it says and Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> Good. If any normal individual had done what he attempted to do with all the lying and falsifying that this entailed, mm. they would have been thrown out so fast that their heads would have spun. But he's far <laughs> too important in oh. his own eyes. Heads would have spun like a great topspin serve. Oh, yeah. Is she throwing in tennis puns here? Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's good. I'm into it. A good decision has been made, and I, for one, am very happy. Other tournaments, including the French Open, are giving him an ultimatum. And even Lacoste, who are one of his main sponsors, are in talks with him about his vaccination status. Oh. Unvaccinated Djokovic and any other unvaccinated individual without a legitimate reason should keep away. Yeah, nice. So, the UCS podcast is now strongly vax. We've taken a stance. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Mum. I mean, we were that anyway. <laughs> we were. We hadn't yet discussed it. Hope this is okay. If not, please let me know. Lots of love, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> Too late, Sean. We've already read it. <laughs> yep. I enjoyed that. Thanks, Sean. Uh, and we will have you on the show soon. Yeah, thanks, Mum. I might call that a success. And before we get inundated with a letter... Uh, a letter Upward tweeting is not gone <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry people The brand new upward tweeting segment is not dead We're just expanding our repertoire What, pray tell, did you learn this week? I learnt this week that during the Greek War of Independence Oof. Turkish troops found themselves under siege at the Acropolis which is an ancient citadel uh, mm. near Athens. Mm -mm. And they begun ripping lead from the marble columns uh, in a desperate attempt to make more munitions. The Greeks called a ceasefire so they could send ammunition to them with a letter that said, please stop tearing down the marble. Here is some bullets. <laughs> uh, it's a great story. Yes. And a story it is. Indeed. Alas, it appears not to be true before Damn you have it, a Lloyd. bone to pick with me. <laughs> I wanted to do my fact check yelling, but that's fine. You tell about. So both of the things that we learned this week are, in fact, not true. <laughs> Rob fucking loves gotcha journalism. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm all about. <laughs> all right. Tell me all about it. Yeah. So it's a story. Probably isn't true, but let's do a little bit of interesting um, history because Please. it is a fascinating time mm -hmm. in the world. So... The War of Greek Independence was from the early 1820s to the early 1830s. It was an uprising against the Ottoman Empire mm. and resulted in the end in the founding of the independent Greek kingdom, which is pretty cool. That is cool. They actually won independence one year into this 11-year war, but <laughs> they had so much infighting and civil wars, they weren't able to find strength and stability and a firm border. So basically gave the Ottoman Empire like a free entry back into the country again. <laughs> the European powers were pro-Greek becoming independent. Sure. So that being France, Britain, and Russia. Mm -hmm. And they tried negotiating. The Ottoman Empire was like, no, fuck you. So they <laughs> threw their substantial naval weight into the war mm. and the Ottomans were being supported by the Egyptian Navy, which was promptly eviscerated excellent word thank you however despite crushing the egyptian naval force mm. that didn't end the war because then russia and turkey had a separate war at the same time so even <laughs> though they're fighting the ottoman empire the ottoman empire is then like no we're also going to go to war with russia who are already at war with everyone else because <laughs> by attacking the ottoman empire they reneged on some 
Treaty. What's the word? Treaty. Exactly. So I don't really understand how you can go to war with someone again. We are at war once more. (laughs) Uh, That is wildly complicated. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre. And this was basically the beginning of the end of the Ottoman Empire. It was 100 years later when they fully collapsed during World War One, but this was the first, like, signs of frailty and the rest mm. of Europe being like, don't think you guys should have an empire anymore. <laughs> we are taking your empire. So, the story. Mm. Kyri- Kyriakos Petakis, um, he was a soldier during this uh, War of Independence and actually became the superintendent of antiquities. Well, uh, as a, later like on. a job, a title? Yeah, for Greece. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah. Superintendent. He is the one who's alleged to have made this request. And it's even taught to Greek students that he sent the letter um, that says, here's the bullets, don't touch the columns. I I read that. It's it's in history books. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it's more of like a a national pride symbol. But the first time that this story emerged was during his eulogy. Um. And the person giving the eulogy, it was likely misinterpreted. And he meant it as like, a testament to his character rather yeah. than a literal thing that happened. So he may have said it. He may have said, damn, I wish we could send the Turks a box of ammunition so they wouldn't have to tear down our structures in like yeah. a patriotic statement, but um, it, it never actually happened. And in fact, the Greeks used marble rubble in their <laughs> catapults themselves. So. Yeah. Well, I read that on that, it, like, so you said they won independence, but they were still fighting for another 10 years. Uh, like a couple of years down the track, the Greeks are defending the Acropolis against someone else. And like you say, st- tearing down marble to fire at people. Yeah, exactly. So there's, oh, it's just man. like this faux patriotic thing they came up with. I also read that um, in 1822, uh, there was a team of foreign volunteers from Europe assisting the Greeks in the bombardment of the Turks at the Acropolis. So the same event. Uh, and because obviously this statement about sending bullets is potentially from eulogy, people aren't sure it's true, probably not true. Uh, there are some accurate like military journal records from the French artillery colonel in charge. Uh, Olivier Vautier. It's y- so funny. Yeah, that could. And he's apparently just like, uh, the Greeks actually encouraged me to go to town on the Turkish positions in the Acropolis. Don't worry about the monuments. Don't worry about Turkish civilians. We just really want to get that freedom. Yeah. (laughs) So, he was pretty much poo-pooed at all. They didn't give a shit. Yeah, and then an excerpt from him when he said that is that he ended up destroying several Greek structures and only (laughs) killed one elderly Ottoman slave. (laughs) Yeah. That was it. Unsuccessful. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, it's a it's a great story though. I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I see the point of it, and oh, yeah. I'm sure that he lamented to the skies with great vigor, but he didn't actually write a letter. Lamented to the skies with great vigor. Yeah, you like that? I loved that. I might go do some lamenting later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have. Now Woe is got- me! <laughs> I should do it much later. Carry on. I have now got some funny messages and quotes from various wars in history. Ah, please. This was one of my favorite ones. So, during the Spanish-American War, Mm. an American ship sails past Guam, and they Mm. shoot two warning shots towards a fort. Mm -hmm. There's no response, but then they see a rowboat coming to the ship, and they're like, (laughs) 
Why are they just sending a rowboat? <laughs> and two people get onto the ship and they say, we're so happy to have some visitors. We're really sorry that we couldn't return your welcome shot, but we don't have any gunpowder, <laughs> only to learn that they're at war and they're now prisoners. <laughs> uh, that is deeply unlucky. <laughs> I know. They were so excited. This is a quote that has been attributed to several different people. I think Patton has been said to have said this. Lieutenant okay. General Lewis Puller, Colonel Creighton uh, Abrahams as various Are these like, like American wordings. Civil War people? A Civil War, World War One, World War Two, Like just famous generals throughout American history. They, either they've said the same thing or it's just been attributed to famous generals for the sake of patriotic yeah, sure. propaganda, more like. So I'll read the two variations I have that I liked. Mm-hmm. All right. They're on our left. They're on our right. They're right in front of us, and they're behind us. There's no way they're getting away this time. <laughs> Good. Were they? Attri- was it attributed to Colonel Sanders? Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> That's just all I can do. <laughs> the other one was uh, Creighton S. Adams is supposedly said, "They've got us surrounded again, the poor bastards." <laughs> so brave. Yeah, America. Yeah. Yeah. I rate that. That's good. Great attitude. It's a, it's a can yeah. it's a can do attitude. Yeah, and then this is this is amazing. This is a um, I, I I don't know if it was Roman, but it's a Latin saying, like a mm. famous t- turn of phrase. I I'll expect say it in Latin be, first. Yeah, I was going to say I expect to be doing it in your best Latin accent, and then try and you try and translate it. I will. The first one's a bit easy. Catapultum <laughs> habeo nisi pecuniam omnem mihi dabis. Ad caput tum saxum emane metam. <laughs> Shit. Well, catapult. Uh, get, yep. get the catapult and fire it at the Saxons, boys. It is. It's so good. <laughs> I have a catapult. Give me all of your money or I will fling an enormous <laughs> rock at your head. That's <laughs> yeah, fair. Enough. That's a, it's it's a, so it's a fair demand. I would seed. <laughs> yeah, I would also. All right. Hit me. What's your... Uh, Extended. Uh, so the first first thing I wanted to look at was the Parthenon itself because I love ruins. I feel like we've talked about this before. Yes, I love old stuff, castles, ruins. Um, so it's like the Parthenon. It's like the genuine temple from the Athens postcard. Um, it is stunning, and I would love to go to the Acropolis and just spend days walking around exploring. Um, although, it looks so beautiful. Yeah. I would probably have to go with you uh, because M was with me when we did the same thing at the Roman Colosseum and the Roman Forum, and she is not as keen as I am. <laughs> yeah, I think Kim would be into it for like an hour, and then yeah, she's like, I've seen it. It's an old rock. Yeah, but we haven't seen every old rock and thought about uh, yeah, what could have exactly. happened here. Who touched it? <laughs> yeah. Who walked on it? Who peed on it? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway- Parthenon, super awesome. Would love to go there. A few Parthenonic facts. Partho- Parthonical facts. Parts path of the Parthenon. <laughs> Parts of the Parthenon. Uh, it was completed after 15 years of construction in 432 BC. And apparently its main function was to shelter just some big old statue of Athena made of gold and ivory. Mm, so it's, God, it's, it's just, so cool. just like a big box for a statue. Apparently, like a lot of Greek temples, it was designed, like architecturally designed, to only be viewed from the outside. So, civilians never actually oh. entered 
temples like the Parthenon. You could only glimpse the statue through the open doors and columns, uh, which was quite cool. Yeah, is, um, that, is that like putting gods on a pedestal if you viewed them too? I, gu- I guess. Make you crazy? Yeah, maybe. But I mean, either way, very cool. And I also looked up the cost to build it. Oh. Uh, which is hard to determine a modern equivalent because it was two and a half thousand years ago, uh, which sense. is awesome that you can still go and see it as well, being that old. But I'm going to give you some clues. <laughs> I want you to guess how much it costs to build. Okay. So the income of the city of Athens at the time was 1,000 silver talents. Uh, annual income, sorry. 1,000 silver uh, talents. Sorry, like, like average person or for the no, whole no, city? For, for the city. The city of Athens. Oh. The, the city's income uh, as, you know, the council. I don't know, whoever was in charge. The government income. What's, what's a talent? Talent. T- talent. Yeah, I don't know. Just a word for money. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this doesn't seem like a lot for a whole city. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they had 6,000 talents in reserve at the Athenian treasury. That's your first okay. clue. Second clue. At the time, it cost one single talent to build a trireme which was the most advanced warship of the era. Oh. So one talent to build and also one talent would pay the wages of the crew of said trireme for one month. So a thousand talents is a lot. Yes, it appears that that way. How many okay. talents did it cost to build the most well-known Greek temple from okay. postcards? <sighs> it's either going to be really low or really high. Or somewhere in the middle. Uh, no, no, it's oh, not. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh man, fifteen thousand talents. <laughs> what? Damn, that's expensive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, quite cheap. It cost them less than a year's income. Four hundred and sixty-nine talents. Oh wow! Which, when you think about it, is quite cheap because that's over the yeah. over the period of fifteen years it took to build it. It's less than one year's annual income. So, like, that's quite a cheap cheap temple uh, and it's hard to do the modern equivalent but someone had taken a punt and they reckon it's around 7 million US which is like That's, that is cheap really not that so I was, I was thinking maybe we should, once we've joined the Yakuza we should get our own Parthenon I, I, you have 7 million dollars oh no but like once because I know neither of us have any talents so. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> uh, no but once we're part of the family building crime we can also build a Parthenon because we'll have lots of crime oh crime talents we'll have Bob yeah <laughs> uh, so that was cool so that's my Parthenon things uh, and then the only other things uh, I wanted to read about was dumb or silly reasons to go to war okay because there have been a this lot of good. them there have been a lot of wars and they're almost all silly almost always silly yeah often but there are some particularly silly ones because I thought you know you're giving the enemy bullets is quite quite silly so that's how I got there all right do you want to hear my favorite silly reasons to go to war? I would love to hear your favorite silly reasons to go to war. Uh, number one, the pastry war. This one is real <laughs> I like it already. <laughs> so, there was a French chef called Remontel in Mexico. And after Mexican independence uh, in the 1820s, there was a period of general civil unrest. Uh, and a mob uh, destroyed his pastry shop. And so, he demanded that the Mexican government pay damages and they obviously refused because they were like, you are one, you are one pastry chef. We are the Mexican government. You can get fucked. Um, <laughs> so sense. 
he asked the French government to help. Uh, uh, but of course, they did nothing because they were in France. Ten whole years later, King Louis Philippe somehow gets wind of this request, probably in some like back office paperwork somewhere. And <laughs> I think he was looking for a reason to invade Mexico again. <laughs> <laughs> he demands that the Mexicans pay up plus 90% interest. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and they're obviously like, uh, no. <laughs> uh, so the French Fuck you. blockaded Mexico, occupy the city of Veracruz, uh, and eventually the Mexicans are like, well, come on. So they agree to pay. The French leave. But then the Mexicans cannot find the cash in order to pay. And so the French invade again in a few years' time <laughs> all over a few croissants. <laughs> That's amazing. It yeah. definitely sounds like you wanted a vacation. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that was real dumb. Another, I think a lot of these reasons are like people have used these reasons when they needed an excuse to invade someone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in 1731, Robert Jenkins uh, was a British trader. And he really was, good YouTube throwback there. Yeah, right. Leroy. Yeah, anyway, he was a British trader, was stopped by Spanish authorities and accused of smuggling. They seized his cargo and just for shits and giggles, also cut off his ear to send a message. <laughs> As you do. I'll be having that. <laughs> Thank you for your silk and spices. And I will also have your ear. Eight years later, the British are seeking revenge. The- they use seeking revenge for that act of the ear cutting off as a reason to declare war on Spain and try and force them out of the Caribbean. And it leads to uh, the death of 25,000 people dead and wounded and the loss of 5,000 ships. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> ah, war is so wasteful. Got two more. Which I thoroughly enjoyed. The Oregon, Oregon, Oregano, Oregano Treaty, the Oregon Treaty of 1846, (laughs) uh, which is, I think, when they drew the boundary between America and what is now Canada. At the time, it was probably British Columbia or something. Both America and Britain laid claim to the island of San Juan, which is near Vancouver, Um, though no one really did anything about claiming it. It was one of those like, this is our island. No, it's our island. Okay, cool kind of situations <laughs> and there were british and american settlers on the island so there was kind of like a british side and uh, an american side but they all coexisted peacefully like mm-hmm. good human beings until one fateful day a bacon boy a pig piggy boy a ja- oh, an actual it was a job <laughs> be a bacon boy if only an actual pig uh, wanders over as pigs are wont to do from the british side and eats some american potatoes uh, the pig is then shot <laughs> by the farmer <laughs> of the potatoes for trespassing. The pig owner demands justice for his killed pig, upon which he is offered $10 compensation by the American side, which is not enough, he reckons. <laughs> so he reports the murder of his pig to the British authorities, <laughs> who then threaten to arrest. This is like just one of those stories of escalation. They then threaten yeah. to arrest the potato farmer for killing the pig. The Americans get wind of this, send a company of the 9th Infantry Battalion to the island, (laughs) Um, after which the British respond by sending three warships to stand off the island. (laughs) And they're like this for one month, just like eyeing each other off. And then after a month, the British are ordered to land and engage the American troops. Thankfully, uh, aboard or in charge of these warships, Admiral Robert Baines refuses to obey orders and, quote, says, uh, I will not involve two great nations in war over a squabble about a pig. Smart man. 
good man. <laughs> Just like so dumb though. Have you heard the, I don't remember the name of the island. I think it's Canada and Russia both claim ownership oh, of it. Yeah, like on a regular basis, the Navy will drive past and change the flag. Yeah, they so the Canadians will change the flag and leave a bottle of schnapps. Yeah. And then the Russians come by, change the flag and leave a bottle of vodka. <laughs> so good. That's it's really that's, adorable. Yeah, that's great, great diplomacy. And last of all, of course, soccer or football. Uh, 1969, you recall probably, qualifying World Cup qualifying matches between El Salvador and Honduras, uh, who are bitter football rivals. The first leg is won by Honduras, 1-0. The second leg is won 3-0 by El Salvador. Ooh, good comeback. One of those is in Honduras, one of those is in, uh, in El Salvador. And at both uh, matches, the fans are like really getting stuck into each other. They're like... There are communities of El Salvador in Honduras, El Salvadorians in Honduras that are like people are getting pulled out of their homes and beaten all over these football matches, which is like extreme enough, right? Yeah. It's like genuine, genuine football hooliganism taken like another step. The final of this playoff is in on neutral ground in Mexico, where El, El Salvador clinched the victory 3-2. But despite winning, they won the match, they qualified, they thought that what had been done to Salvadorians in Honduras as part of the previous two games, they said that it amounted to genocide. Whoa. <laughs> and, cool. so, and so they cut political ties with Honduras, bombed them, and invaded. Holy shit. <laughs> there are four days of war and fighting in which 2,000 people are killed and 300,000 Salvadorians in Honduras are displaced because the, the locals are like, well, we're at war now. Get out of our country. <laughs> over, over qualifying football game. That's insane. Oh, man. Pe- people. Humans. Yeah. They just want a reason. Yeah. They uh, really, really, really got stuck in. I have one more funny thing that I just yeah. found. I just, my notes. I, I'm a little bit sad because we ended on people killing each other again. Yeah, this is, this is, this is a funny one because it's from the Cold War. Because <laughs> no one actually died in that. <laughs> Bring it home, Lord. Uh, it's from a, a notebook or a diary of a junior lieutenant from the Soviet side. Mm. And he said, one, uh, this is translated. Mm-hmm. I'm not <laughs> You're not Russian. doing it in Russian. <laughs> <laughs> cool. One of the serious problems in planning the fight against American doctrine is that Americans do not feel any obligation to follow their doctrine. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, good. That's it. We've come to the end of episode two of season two of the Unintelligent Chat Show podcast. We did it. We're here. It's (laughs) over. It's it's over. Thank goodness. (laughs) I had fun. Uh, It was great. Uh, Yeah, it it was okay. I had a good time, I guess. (laughs) I'm so glad to hear it, Lloyd. I I guess I'll try and be better for episode three. It was a laugh, Rob. I had a good time as always. Uh, if people want to laugh and learn with us uh, or tell us how bad we are, how, how, how might they do that? We can be reached in the Twittersphere <laughs> at the... U- the uh, uh, <laughs> Please. <laughs> at, at the UCS pod. We're also still on the gram yeah. at the UCS podcast. And Ooh. we're on email. The UCS podcast at gmail.com. We are everywhere. Everywhere you could ever hope to find us. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, 
you're listening on uh, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of those other things, uh, we would absolutely love it if you could leave us a little review or subscribe or whatever you're supposed to do on the social media things. Uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll continue to bring you funny, silly things. Have yeah. See you in episode three. <laughs> Cheerio. Bye.